this is Karina, and you're listening to Bold, Brown and British, a weekly podcast where we discuss what it means to be a brown person in a Western world. We've spoken about colorism, third culture identity, and dating amongst many others in this podcast. So if this sounds like the type of content that you want to hear, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also message us on Instagram. The handle is at Bowl, Brown, and British, or drop us an email via our website at www.bowlbrownbritish.com. So, without further ado, let's get on with this week's episode. Hi! <laughs> Gimchul. All right, how are you? I'm all right. So, I know we, um, we're talking about imposter syndrome, but before we get started, can I just say, every time I say imposter, all I think of is Among Us. Oh, me too. I, I don't even play that. But I know so much about it because of the children that I teach, right? And then the lingo in class of that looks so sus, miss. And then now I started doing that. I'm like, you're so acting sus. very sus, you know? <laughs> and then they look at you like, why are you talking like us? <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously you are a teacher. Um, what are you? What are your minions in? <laughs> My minions, yes, I do describe them as that. They're year four, so I'm with year four this year and last year. And then I taught year five the year before during my training year, which I think is like the right age that you can actually have conversations with them that are very interesting. We were talking about a kind of imposter syndrome, right? And I mean, imposter syndrome, I'm sure everybody knows what it is, but like it's basically when you don't feel like you're worthy of it. And it's such an interesting topic for me because everybody, I'm pretty sure that everybody has imposter syndrome, but also more importantly, and more, I guess, more interestingly, every woman of color that I've spoken to has been like, yep, I felt it. And I don't know whether it's just because we, we feel it more, you know, like the I know, I guess this mixture, I guess we had people that would be like, I don't know whether I was hired just as a token brown person or a token girl in my team or whether, you know, I actually deserved it or the other flip side where you're like, I'm, I just, you know, the general, what am I doing here? What is life? What does it all mean? Well, I was doing a little bit of research about it because, like, I didn't know what it was actually called. Like, I've ex- I had experienced it, and someone used that term at work, and then I thought, oh my god, that that is there's an actual name for this term for this thing that I've been feeling that I didn't quite understand. So I did a little bit of research. I actually found out women seem to experience it more than men, anyway, regardless of what their background is that's what this yeah so where whatever the research was it said that 60 I think it was like 60 something or 70 something percent of women are more likely to experience imposter syndrome than men that's crazy yeah and especially women who work like in a business background like in more corporate jobs women are far more likely to experience it than men I can't remember what the research was now but I was I was like oh that makes like it's very interesting that there's that much of a gender disparity in it as well. Because the thing is, there's like, like there's so many different types of imposter syndrome too. And I was just, I was just reading about it. 
And it's funny because, you know, when you read something, it's like when you go, <laughs> when you Google your symptoms, you're like, but I have Check all it. of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same way when I was doing the research. I was like, yes, I take that. Yes, I take that. Yes, I take that. <laughs> Oh my God, I am that. I'm dying. (laughs) So going through the list, we have the perfectionist. Me. Um, So obviously it's that excessively high goal for themselves. It's me. Yeah, me. (laughs) The the superwoman or man uh, who are convinced they're phonies amongst real life. amongst real deal colleagues they push themselves to work harder and harder to measure up but there's but this is just a false cover-up for their insecurities all right i don't need the other tack <laughs> there's the natural genius which as i'm not i i can be like no thank you yes. <laughs> for once not me no. the soloist which you suffer from like not being able to ask from help. Ask yeah. for help yeah 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 <laughs> the expert um so they measure their competence on what and how much they know or can do raise your hand (laughs) (laughs) and those are the kind of uh, five types of imposter syndrome but it's like what happens if you but like but i'm all five (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) And then it was there was something about it being linked to anxiety, hmm. which I did find out that I was actually suffering from too. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, let's just keep rolling it in, you know. <laughs> when but it- I do feel I think the more anxious I am, the more it kind of emphasizes or increases my experience of imposter syndrome. Because I think for me during my teacher training year, I was fine initially during my first like term of it and then I had when I went to do another placement and I was with another mentor and she literally made my life hell and then I had really bad anxiety when I was trying to teach that then it made me feel even more like oh my god I don't think that like I'm doing this but am I doing it right like am I the right person to be teaching these young children like what if they figure out that actually I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> even though I knew what I knew that I knew what I was doing was the right thing to do but I felt like what I was doing was not the right thing to do and I was getting away with it yeah you, <laughs> like, you just kind of doubt yourself and you're like this is just you know and every every success you have you're like that was just a fluke yeah you know um and I've had it like in certain jobs where I'll be putting in kind of what I would class as like, you know, 60% of my effort. And when people will be like, oh, you did such a good job. And I'm like, that was a fluke because I only put in 60% of my effort. So it can't be the best I've done. It can't be like they're praising me for the me, you know? And it's it's such a weird thing because like, I know, I know people are like, oh, you just need to be more confident. But I don't think it's about that because I don't yeah. think confidence and imposter syndrome are linked in it they are but they're not really like they're very two separate things because I like to think I'm pretty confident in myself and like in what I do again it's that thing of I know what I'm doing is right but here I am (laughs) I felt I think I felt like that throughout that 
after that bad experience, it carried on. And even after I passed, I was like, I managed it, but I don't know how I did it. <laughs> like, they passed me, but how? I do not understand. <laughs> and then I got my class and then I was by myself in there teaching. And I remember yeah. feeling like for the first month, I felt like I kept looking for validation from my teaching assistant. Like mm. at the end of every lesson, I would be like, do you think that went well? Like, how do you think it went? And she kept telling me that you need to stop feeling like this. Like I've, I've haven't taught with a teacher that's as good as you are so far. It's so nice. And then that used to make me feel so much better. And then I think it was that I needed the external validation in a kind of weird yeah. way. And then I started to get a bit more confident. I felt like though, whenever they came, whenever like senior leadership were coming to observe me, then again, like it would set in. Like I think it was the anxiety and the pressure of it. Every time someone comes to observe me, I feel like shit, I'm a fraud. And then my head teacher used to do this thing because my classroom was so like nicely decorated and everything. He'd want to show it off to anybody who was visiting. So I'd have like, I'd be in the middle of a lesson and he'd suddenly turn up with a random visitor and they'd wait outside the door. At one point he came inside the classroom. I was like, I don't know, like, why are you bringing these people in here? <laughs> and I really felt like, how am I doing this though? Because I'm so, I'm like, I felt like I wasn't the best teacher to showcase the school. So why are you bringing them in here to show me off? Because I'm just making this up as I'm going along, right? Even though I knew I wasn't making this up as I was going along and I planned the stuff that I was teaching them. But at the moment they came I in, I hope like, that you know your ABCs by now. But <laughs> No, I get stuck after M. And what comes after MQ? <laughs> yeah, I told you that. I just think every time someone's like, oh, then I have to do it in my head with the with the fingers come out and then I'm like singing the alphabet in my head. Like, A, B, C, D, L, G. And he did really quickly. Yes, I do too. Are the ABCs, I have to sing it in my head to try and remind myself what comes next. Which is another reason why I don't teach the younger kids who are actually taught the alphabet. <laughs> But yeah, so describe, I guess, taking it back, describe how you felt when when you first kind of started feeling. I think to a certain degree, I've probably experienced it in other places, just not really realized it because I know that I have got social anxiety to a certain degree, like you know as well, when we first met, when I meet new people, I'm like, a completely different person I am very quiet I've become very reserved I think I met you at a as weird as that at a super drug and I think I was just like oh nice nails and you just looked at me like I just asked for your kidney <laughs> <laughs> yes I find it very difficult I think meeting new people I've gotten better at it I feel like as I've gotten through life but I still find it really like social situations cause me a lot of anxiety but I don't know why it does that. And I don't, like, I'm not sure how to, I'm getting better at dealing with it and meeting new people because I've had to do so much of it over the last few years. But um, generally, I'm a very kind of introverted person, I think. And I like having a group of people that I know very well compared to ones that I don't know so well. Yeah, so I get like the that like, extrovert, basically. Yeah. So, like, for example when I go out with my husband at the moment if somebody new turns up there then I feel very out of place even though it might be somewhere that we regularly go to 
I will begin to feel like I shouldn't be here. And have, I have they're gonna figure friends. Like if if I'm out with my friends and someone else turns up, I'm just like ran. I'm just awkwardly standing there on the side because yeah. I, I don't know why. In my head, I'm like, oh, they don't want to talk to me. But they probably yeah. are like, why is this girl exactly. standing there? Like, why? Should I get exactly. Here? I get the same thing. Like we'll be sitting there. This person will turn. Well, we'll be with a group of people that we know, and all it takes is for one person that I don't know very well to turn up, and that's it. I feel like I don't think like. I'm putting, I almost feel like I'm putting on a show at the moment of being with my friends and they're going to figure out I'm putting on a show and they're going to discover that I'm just putting this on and I'm not this person, even though I'm being myself. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's such a confusing feeling to have to experience. Yeah, you're trying, and then you're like, you're having an argument in your head and then you're no longer in the present moment and it makes it worse because you're like you're not even in the present moment yeah now you don't know what's going going on and that drinks your like triggers your anxiety and it's just it's a vicious vicious circle yes it really is it's like so (laughs) I don't know and I and that was why I was like I didn't know that that was what it was called until someone mentioned that this is he had he was a teacher as well and he was just saying he suffered with the imposter syndrome in the classroom for a while and he, that was when I was like oh what's that then <laughs> and then when he was describing it I was like oh <laughs> my I whole life that's my whole yeah it's actually my whole life I felt this but I didn't know there was a name for it degree in psychology and all <laughs> you would think they were kind of this stuff <laughs> Yeah, do they not? Just no, we never, no, we never did imposter syndrome. Otherwise, I would have diagnosed myself earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's such a weird feeling. Like, and the thing is, I don't think it's secluded into one situation or the other. Like, you kind of feel like that all throughout your life in, yeah. in random aspects. And like in moments where you'll be like, but this makes no sense for me to feel this way. Yeah. You know, I think it's transferable. It doesn't, it, it's not like it's a single context. That's, <laughs> yes, it's a transferable skill, really. It is. It should go on my CV. I feel <laughs> like an imposter and it's a very transferable skill I have. Yeah. <laughs> Take okay. me into any situation and you'll see that I feel it. <laughs> Yeah, like I remember but, when I was younger, less so now, but like when I was younger, I'd be sitting with my family and suddenly I'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I belong here. Like they probably don't want my opinion. We're just like, there's no yeah. reason to think like no, that. No, exactly. Nobody yeah. else is yeah. thinking like that. No, ex- yeah, but I, it's happened to me with family as well. I think. I, I don't know whether there is a link between it and anxiety mm. that might be triggering it or not. Like you definitely need to do a bit more research into that, but it doesn't matter what situation it is. I really only discovered what it was called because of the teaching environment and then realized that, oh my God, like I didn't have it before with the teaching, but obviously the anxiety that I developed was triggering it in my teaching environment. It's not so bad now. Nowadays, it's more just like if someone comes to observe me, then I start to feel like that. But that's because they're making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> but and also, I think what helped with the teaching environment, imposter syndrome was that 
the children actually started telling me that they were really enjoying the lessons or they liked me as a teacher or they actually learnt something. And I was like, well, if they're learning, I'm doing something right. <laughs> right? Yeah, but like some people are like, you, people could tell you all you want and you'll still be like, fluke, all flukes. So I, th- I think it's also like, for me, English is not my sub- strongest subject in terms of like teaching it. And because the way they're teaching is very different to how we were taught now. I still feel like whenever I deliver an English lesson, I'm like, this could, this is probably going to go well, but it's not going to be because I, uh, I've done a good job with it. Like they might get it, but I don't know how they got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of situation where maths, I'm so much more confident with, and I've had so much experience with the teaching maths. I don't feel it so much now but then if someone comes to observe me teaching the maths lesson then yes it's the same the transferable feeling <laughs> goes into the one subject that I'm really confident teaching as well so so do you think that like the teaching environment has kind of heightened the the kind of feeling of imposter syndrome or feeling like an imposter that you already had yeah I think it might have just because if you think about 30 little kids staring at you and maybe having other adults in the room makes you feel even more like you're being judged I think so Mm. in your head you're like I'm getting that same feeling I get when that one new person comes along but there's 30 of you now (laughs) yeah but so no because like you you were in relatively public places before you know like you yeah at, at one point you were on YouTube you've been on photo shoots you're you used to work in your uh, parents' shop, which, you know, you had customers. So I just, I'm, I guess I'm just curious as to why not those situations and why particularly 30 kids? Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a fair point, you know. I think with the photo shoots, though, I, I did kind of feel like I'm not a model. I'm just here. So I already knew I was an imposter. <laughs> that there was no space for the syndrome to set in because I knew I was like, like I, I'm, I'm not a model. If this is yeah, rubbish, not rubbish. I'd already accepted it. I was like, I'm not one. But they've asked me to say I will do it. <laughs> but I think with this, it's more like this is my career path and I've chosen to do this, but am I really good enough for this job? Or is it just working out for me? Because it is. Do you think it comes from a feeling of not feeling good enough then rather than not being good Possibly. enough in a particular situation yeah. or that project or whatever? Do you think it's just a general feeling of I'm not good enough um, and that sort of, I guess, self-confidence or self-contentment thing? I think it might do like with the bit of research that I did do, there was something about how if you've experienced like a lot of praise and then not having praise or how when you you like when you're younger and everyone's always had very high expectations of you that you've always tried to meet at your hardest so you thrive off of that praise that much all the time that you feel like you have to meet that but then you're meeting that but you're not sure whether you're meeting it to the extent that you should be Mm. that that can trigger imposter syndrome it doesn't matter if other people are like, that's okay. You did more than enough. I'm like, but did I? I didn't. I know. It kind of comes from you knowing how much you can do. And like, if you were completely stretched, so you know your own limits and you kind of are always not only reaching them, but wanting to push them. And part of it comes from that. And part of it comes from 
like I I don't know about you I had it every time I go to a new job but I'm like well they're not gonna like me they, yeah. they find out that it's that whole external validation thing yeah you know like yeah you're waiting is. for them to validate you being there I think and I think that's what triggers it for me too and I think that's why it happens so much in social context because it's someone new they don't know you very well and you're just wondering are they gonna like me or are they not gonna like me and then that's how it kind of just starts I think that's how it triggers it off for me yeah and I think it's it depends on like essentially you have to well I guess I feel like I have to know my role in that situation like for example if I'm if I'm at work, I know my role is whatever job title it is, right? So I know that I have to fulfill that role. And now if people don't see me as being air quote good enough to be in that role, then the imposter syndrome will kick in. And it'll probably kick in before because I'm like, well, people don't see me in that way. People don't know the value that I'm putting in. People don't know. I'm just kind of, I, I could be, feel like I'm underqualified for that job because it's a bit like it's, it happens when like promotions right you go into promotion and you're like I don't know how to do it <laughs> oh. yeah. um, and that kicks in but then in social settings say you're out with like really old friends or like really good friends your role you know is to be that good friend and suddenly I feel this unknown pressure of I have to know everything about my friend. I have to be the bubbly one. I have to be like, I got my life together because they're the person coming in and like, they're going to see us. They're not going to see gonna see through it. Yeah. Like they're not going to see us as a unit. They're going to see me and be like, wow, what a flake. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I think um, it's true. Like I feel if I meet people that I haven't, been in contact with for a while I feel it even more because I I think for me it's like they have a certain expectation of me mm. am I going to meet that expectation or am I not going to meet that expectation and then if I don't meet that expectation and obviously like if you spend time apart from people you are going to grow as a person and your personality is going to develop and there will be some changes but are they just going to remember you as that person from before? And if you've changed, are they going to accept me if I've changed? So do I just keep up the way that I was before? Because that's how they accepted me back then. What if they won't accept me now because I've grown or I've changed as a person? But do you, think, think, it's like, do you think it's their expectations of you? Or do you think it's your expectations where, of where you expected yourself to be? I think it's a bit of both. I think it's my expectation of or it's me trying to find out what their expectation of me is going to be. So my expectation is, am I meeting their expectation or not? You know, <laughs> it's, it's like you create this problem for yourself. You really do. Like it really is all up in your head and you feel yeah. like you're the only one that knows this like dark secret of I'm just, I'm just faking it, man. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> Except I never make it. I just fake it. <laughs> always faking <laughs> well okay maybe let, let's not apply that for like no. every context because no I I know certain situations where people be like don't fake it yeah <laughs> so you're just gonna make it now 
<laughs> I, I think it's like it's a hard concept to understand if you haven't felt it. I feel like if I tried to explain to him what it was and he hadn't felt it, he would have been hella confused about what I was talking about. Okay, so how do you fix it? Like I don't know. Like you say you don't feel it in your teaching anymore. Yeah, I feel it though when other people are coming to observe me. I think I've gotten over the fact of feeling like an imposter in front of the children because I think I've accepted that they're kids and I only have them for the year. And they don't, they can't tell the difference between a good lesson and a bad lesson. But the adults can. Mm. So I think that when I do get observed, then it, I start to feel it even more. And then like, I've had like so many different teaching assistants in the last few months because they're coming from other places. They're not schools ones. So every time there's a new one, I start to feel it again because now they're in my classroom all the time. So I'm just like, I know that I need to ask you to do this other stuff, right? Can you just do it so that you're not paying attention to me teaching, please? <laughs> because, but they need to be in the room. So it just, it gets like... Did the pandemic make it worse with the online teaching? Oh, yeah. So when we started doing those live lessons, I had so much anxiety before we started them. Like I had to call up other members of like the senior leadership team because I was like, I'm really anxious about it especially because now I knew that the kids were going to be at home and they were going to be parents watching too. Yeah. And it's that feeling of being judged by yeah. other people. And I told them, all right, I was like, I do not feel comfortable with it at all. And then that first lesson that I delivered, there were parents in the background. Really? And then and when I asked the kids at the end, if they had any questions, the kids didn't have questions, but the adults did. What? And then the they were, yeah. were like, yes, yeah. that. It, it's it's such imposter syndrome it's just such a weird feeling because as you said it's all internalized it's all no but but it's also really difficult to explain because what are you gonna say to people like yeah so when I told um obviously I told my husband yeah. that because uh, I was like oh yeah I have to have I have a call with Q so when are you not gonna be at home <laughs> so that I can have this call in peace and he was like oh what is it about I was like oh, yeah, you know her podcast because he's listened to a few with me so I was like yeah just because she wants to include me in the podcast so we're gonna have like a call but it needs to be quiet so you can't be here <laughs> you're not included you can't sit with us <laughs> so I was just like when are you not going to be here and so he was like oh just do it during like if she's free during the day do it then and he was like what is it going to be about they're like what are you talking about what could you possibly have to talk about that people want to listen to I was like you know I'm very offended but I was like oh it's this thing called imposter syndrome he's like oh what's that and he was like genuinely interested so I tried to explain it I was like you know sometimes when you go into certain settings and you feel like you're there and you're part of it but you kind of feel like you shouldn't really be there and you don't really fit in and like everyone's gonna see through what you're doing because you're there but but it's all in your head but you think that they're gonna know but you know that they know and then I was just like it's very confusing he was like oh I get that sometimes I was like you do <laughs> tell me mom like this is a conversation <laughs> after yeah <laughs> I was like you join us on the podcast well to be fair maybe you could do the whole like as the as a true brown influencer or fake brown influencer that I am just be like like and subscribe guys <laughs> Hell icon. <laughs> but also like seriously there are like thousand people that listen to this and I have 100 followers on Instagram so I'm a little bit upset like 
you people that are listening in on podcasts and not subscribe to the podcast and not what what are you doing don't feel like an imposter like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs>